Welcome to Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, PhD, and I'm also a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host of Chattachesis, a podcast series for clergy that helps them find creative and fresh ways to share the gospel message and promote missionary discipleship. This episode is brought to you by the newest K-6 catechetical program, Christ in Us and Cristo in Nosotros. It sets the standard for faith formation in today's world. Check it out today at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU. We think you'll agree that this innovative program will change the future of catechesis. We have the pleasure of having Father Fidel Dequete from St. John's Birchman Parish in the Archdiocese of San Antonio with us today to talk about a wonderful way that he's been continuing to go out, as Pope Francis encourages all of us to do, go out and counter people through the Eucharist, bringing it to parishioners in a very creative way, and what has evolved from that. So, Father Fidel, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Deacon Matt. That's, that's a pleasure. I just it's was really excited. Oh, we love having you. I was really excited to hear you, your willingness to be a guest. And when you shared your story with me, I became even more excited uh, because this will be really a, a wonderful and rich experience to share with our listeners. But before we do that, since our podcast is clergy and they're all over the country in different ministry contexts, why don't you share a little bit about uh, where you are and to whom you're ministering? Yes, uh, beginning, I just want to thank you again for the opportunity. My name is Father Fidel, because as you heard it from uh, um, Deacon Matt, I am a pastor here at St. John Birchman's, a Catholic church in the west side of San Antonio. Most of the people that are ministered to are Hispanics. So we have about 95% Hispanics. That's where, that's the context in which I minister in San Antonio and West Side. When you hear West Side here in San Antonio, you know what it means. <laughs> so West Side, that's mean that's where mostly those who are disadvantaged and poor people live in general. So that's when you hear about West Side. That's part of town that a lot of people don't want to be in. <laughs> but I love it. It's beautiful. It's just nice. The people are so nice. They're beautiful. They're approachable. They're friendly. They have a lot of faith. It's just wonderful to be in West Side of San Antonio. Father, and just a little bit about where are you from? Yeah, originally I'm from uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, from Africa. Uh, and this is where we speak French over there. That's why you can hear from my accent. So I, I speak French. So... And I came to the U.S. in 1995 as a missionary, with a mission host, and um, was ordained in 2002, June 1st, 2002, here at St. John Little I knew I'll come back in the same parish to be a pastor. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> God is wonderful. He, so uh, I've been a pastor here now for how many years? Eight years now. Oh, so it's cool. been a wonderful experience. And I graduated here from the Oblate School of Theology and so I'm a product of San Antonio, actually. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A lot of roots laid down. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, I lucky, love it. They're lucky to have you. They're lucky to have you. So without, you. without further ado, let's get into our topic. Um, you and I chatted a bit in preparation for this show about, you know, Francis is calling us to go out to be missionary disciples. And we all know it's awfully hard to do that during a time of pandemic. And and even as numbers of cases of COVID begin to slowly decline and people might feel a little more confident, a little safer and start coming back to church and to parish programs, uh, you didn't wait for all of that. You, you heard people saying, we need Jesus now. So what was it that you decided to do in your parish to bring Jesus to people? 
thank you for the question, Deacon. Matt, remember to interrupt me because if you don't stop me, I won't be able to stop. I get so excited about this topic. <laughs> I can go on and on. <laughs> I'll just point to I'll just point to the rest and say it's time, you know. But I think the beauty of this, I have to acknowledge that, you know, I grew up as a Catholic in a very traditional world. You always have to wait for people to come to you. That's the church I know all my life. And this time, the pandemic, as strange as that may sound, has been a blessing. Mm. I know we have lost a lot of people. That's very sad. Um, but my parishioners are accustomed to me talking about last year as a unique year. I don't look at it as a bad year. I look at the year where we learn how to grow, to grow in our faith, and how to get closer to God. And one of the things that we did as a community is that I came up with an idea which they always say, Father is crazy. Come to Father, we all kind of crazy idea time to time. And this is one, one of them. I sent my group, the evangelization team, and I told them, we're going to do something different. They said, what? We're going to take the blessed sacrament to the people. Mm -hmm. Because that's what the Pope has been challenging us to do. We got to take it to the people. And I think they look at me like, what's wrong with you again this time? <laughs> and they say, how are you going to do that? I said, don't worry about it. We're going to look for a pickup truck and I'll be sitting in the pickup truck in the back, and I'll be carrying the blessed sacrament. And they look at me like, you have lost it. <laughs> How can you do that in the pickup truck? <laughs> Let me ask you real exactly quick. Was there, was there anyone in your group that, or that you told this idea to who did not like it, who thought it was inappropriate or anything like that? Did you have any resistance to it? Yes, as you know, when you're at the pastor, sometimes they have a way of uh, not willing to try to tell you what they think clearly. But I can sense, like, really? <laughs> you want to do this? <laughs> and I have a couple of them where like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. But hey, hey wait a minute. Don't do anything. Let's be called a CD. Let's call the chancery. So they say, okay, you can do that. But I don't know how long am I going to wait. But hurry up. We got to do this. We don't get to see our people come into church. Mm -hmm. I miss them. We have about 10 people only. Where are our people? They are hurting. You, you can get phone calls like, what's going to happen? People are worried. There's a lot of anxiety. We got to do something. So as we made those phone call, I think the city was encouraging. They said, well, you can only have three calls or four. No more than that. You don't stop. You just keep going. So it was a good sign. And called the chancery. I think over there we probably never heard until the last minute. But I was on my way anyway. By the time we heard from them, <laughs> I said, hey, just do it. Mm -hmm. So we organized ourselves. One of the parishioners offered his truck and to drive it. Mm -hmm. And we get together, strategize, and we're ready to go. We didn't have no idea what we were doing. <laughs> All I knew was, we're going to take the blessed sacrament to the people. Jesus is saying, don't worry about it. Come follow me. Yes, don't worry me. about it. Follow me. I will take care of you. I yep. think I've learned that the, the hard way sometimes. Hey, he said, don't worry about it. Don't even think about what to say. I will put my, the word on your mouth, what to say when the mm -hmm. time comes. And I experienced that. And Deacon Matt. When we went, first, we have a prayer in the church, and I took the blessed sacrament. I remember holding the blessed sacrament, and I was just crying myself. It was so emotional for myself and so powerful that here I was holding Jesus in my hands and sitting in the back of a pickup truck and walking into the neighborhood. Surprisingly, there were so many people waiting in the neighborhood. Those who came out, those who were expecting it, the phone call was ringing. When is he going to come to our neighborhood? And as I walk in that neighborhood, and I look at people in the eyes, and I see how emotional they got. Mm -hmm. They fall on their knees. Those who are crying, 
those who just couldn't even look at the, the blessed sacrament, couldn't look at me, you can see that this has been very way on them. And you can see that it was like a release to some of the people, the way they felt like, oh, finally, Jesus in our neighborhood. And they received a blessing. Some of them even asked for us to stop for, for a while, for them to kneel down and pray and cry and ask for a blessing. And I would bless them with the monstrance that I was carrying with me. Mm -hmm. And they were just overwhelming myself. And the team that went to us, they were just, some of them were crying. It was just a powerful experience. Mm -hmm. Not only about crying, just the reverence. Mm -hmm. the, the understanding that Jesus came to see us. Here, Father came and brought Jesus to us. So we didn't have to go to church. We have been looking for the Holy Eucharist. And here we are. It was just beyond my understanding. It was just so powerful. Oh, I want to, it's a very powerful, very powerful story. I want to ask you a question. You consecrate the Eucharist every day. Every day you hold Jesus in your hands. And yet this, this time of holding Jesus sort of in your lap in the truck as you're moving to, from house to house, really seemed to have an impact on you. Why do you think that was? I think maybe a combination of a, a lot of things. You know, when I consecrate the Eucharist, I do it. It doesn't take me that long. Mm -hmm. And you still the communion, that's it, and the Mass goes on. Mm -hmm. It is a powerful moment. But this time, first, I have the privilege of holding mm. that blessed sacrament for hours. I remember the first day we did it for three hours and a half or four hours. Mm. And I couldn't really move much. I was just so scared. And I was just so overwhelmed that I'm carrying Jesus with me for four hours. And I remember people asking me, were you not tired? I said, I wasn't even thinking about being tired. And I think I was just the responsibility that I had holding Jesus in my hand and knowingly that this, the, a lot of people depend on this just took over to the point where by the time it was over, they came out, I didn't even know, oh, we've been already for four hours. Mm. That's how overwhelming that was. Just mm. the idea that I'm carrying Jesus to me was just, just too much for me to take. Two and things. that itself carried me through. Yes. Two things come to mind when I hear you. One is uh, how Marian of an experience of you to carry Jesus, you know, sort of in your lap for hours to be with him and, and to sort of bring him to people in that way that Mary brought Jesus to Elizabeth or Mary tells, you know, the people, the, the bride and groom of Cana to do whatever my son tells you to do. What a Marian experience for you, for one. I don't, did you ever think about that? Just kind of standing in her shoes a little bit? Yeah, just... I, I, I thought about it. You know, when I was a young man too, I used to belong in one of the groups that they call in French, Le Croisé. Le Croisé. And Le Croisé was a group of young people who treasured the Holy Eucharist. And there was a story about a young man, uh, I can't remember his name, that we were told over and over that he was carrying the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And he met his friends. And his friends were trying to see what he had and he was hiding it because he didn't want them to touch it and to see it. Mm -hmm. and they were trying to get that Eucharist away from him, and he refused for them to take it away, and they beat him to death. So I always stay with that image of me mm -hmm. as a young man being taught that over and over. And here when I was holding that Eucharist, I realized, like, wow, that's my having the experience that the young man was having. He has Jesus with him, and he knew how important that is, and he was not willing to compromise with anything to the point where he even lost his own life, just to protect that, to bring it. And this time, I was just taking to the people and allowing them to come. As you said it for Mary, do whatever it tells you to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I relate to Mary in that sense that he's Jesus I'm bringing to you. Mm -hmm. Take Jesus. Open up to him. Receive him. 
and be ready because it's going to take you to a place you never dreamed of mm. and be ready for the journey. That was so powerful. That is. The, the, the other, that is absolutely. And the other thought I had was about the time passing and not noticing it. It makes complete sense to me, at least, Father. I mean, you're on God's time. It's Kairos time, which is different, I would say, than when you're celebrating a Mass because you always have in the back of your mind, I've got about an hour to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. But, but when you're with Jesus in this special time, you're on his time. Who knows yes. how long this is going to take, you know? <laughs> it was, uh, you remember the last time Nick and I were doing it, and it was, it was looking like it was going to rain, and people were always uh, concerned. They stopped the track. They came to me like, oh, what if you know, we probably need to stop? It's, it's going to rain in about probably five minutes. I look at them and say, we are continuing. People are waiting for us. We can't turn back. And I remember... They look at me like, are you sure? I said, we are going to bring Jesus. There isn't just no way we're going to turn back. And we did. Oh, look. The, the power, <laughs> just for our listeners, the power just came on. <laughs> the, the power just came on. I was talking about <laughs> the power of taking Jesus. The, the power just came on. Oh, what a blessing. Right oh, my gosh. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank well, you, you know, Lord. You know, go ahead, Father. Go ahead. I'm sorry, man. No, I'm saying, I'm saying I, I can just hear you saying to the people who say, let's stop. You're probably thinking, listen, if it storms, Jesus will calm the storm. We're okay. Let's keep going. You know, <laughs> And that turned to be a powerful experience because we did it. And for whatever reason, the Lord allowed us to do the whole ceremony until when we got home, we just walked in the church and it just the rain came down so hard. And they would mm. look at each other like, we can't believe this. This is amazing. Yeah. And I look at him and I said, Jesus walks in me, says, well, we got to have to trust him a little more. <laughs> there are times when we doubt. We got to have that faith. If he comes down on us, that's fine. We take it. Mm -hmm. Here we made it. It's so powerful. That's such a great story for all of us, because even if you're a minister for a long time, priest or deacon, you, you can sometimes forget that we have to take some risks when it comes to our faith. We have to give got a chance to do something miraculous in our life, you know, and that take, that take, that's kind of scary. It, it takes some, it takes trust and um, God bless you for your, for your willingness to trust him. No, thank you, Deacon. And as you know, when we started the first day, we didn't know how far this was going to go. The first time that we did it, the next time we knew we have so many phone calls. When I come into our neighborhood and then we end up doing it, I think four weeks in a row. Oh, wow. And then we, Stop for one about two months and the demand was high again. We went back again four more weeks in a row. It was just powerful. And I think I shared with you this. I know this is a very quick and passing that one of the things that also I learned as we're going to the neighborhood, a lot of people will approach us emotional, powerful, kneeling. And also another concern we had about there are also people who were just sitting there like, hey, what's what's big deal? What's going on with this guy? What are they doing? Look at you, like brush you off, or don't even look at you at all. So we were just concerned, like, we wonder what was going in the mind of someone who just look at you, like, what are those crazy people doing here? <laughs> or what's, what's the big deal with these people? And yeah. I remember one of the ladies, when we came back and we were doing an evaluation, and she started just crying. She is so painful. And she told us that, I said, what's wrong? And she said, I can't believe that we were bringing Jesus to church, and there were people who just didn't pay attention to Jesus. And she cried. And I look at her and say, it's okay. He just walks in everybody, loves us all. You never know. She may or he may not have shown any interest. Who knows how God works in his ways. Later on, God can touch them in a special way. We just have to do our work. We have to do our ministry. And we know we're going to change everybody. 
It's God is work. You do the best you can and let the God do the rest. Amen. And the other experience was also is looking at children. Children were so excited. I think that's something that made me excited. They will follow us and chase us a little bit. And we look at that. Some of them were curious, excited. And some of them will come and look at us like, ah, oh, just go back. And I said, why are they so disappointed? Because they run around, come and look at us. We we're playing music, Christian music so loud. And we chase us. And my interpretation was, they probably thought, hey, this is an ice cream truck. <laughs> the ice cream <laughs> and truck. when they wouldn't see oh. us, there was no ice cream. They were, oh, just went back. And yeah. that inspired me, which I did in December. I think I shared with you that I decided to go back to the neighborhood. And this time I went like as a Santa. Mm-hmm. So I dressed like Santa. We collected about 500 gifts and we took them to the neighborhood. And this mm-hmm. time was strictly for children. And they were excited. They were happy. They called us Santa. They called me Santa. We interacted with them. It was just a very successful. Even the local media came and covered it because it was just so beautiful to see that yeah. Santa, a priest as a Santa going to the neighborhood, visiting with the kids and bringing them probably the only gift we would have for Christmas. So that was just so beautiful. And that was inspired by the blessed sacrament. Amen. Jesus says, let the children come. And you certainly did that in a very Yeah, let the children come to me. They're so beautiful when they came and they received their gift and how excited they were. Even though they were excited, but also they were sharing stories about their family. Those were struggling. Those were happy. It was just, uh, oh, this, uh, this time has been a powerful time. That's in addition fantastic. to what we talked about next time, is that that's how we came up with the idea of uh, creating a 15-minute coffee show. Mm-hmm. You know, it I was a Rita. Sure we plug that. I did want to make sure we plug that. We've got about two minutes. Yes, so Rita. Talk about Martinez. your coffee show. <laughs> Go for it. Let's hear it. Yes, Rita Martinez is one of my parishioners here. I think he works with you guys. And he came one day and said, Father Fidel, I think there's a need for to connect with people. Why don't you start having a coffee show something? That's, oh, that sounds good. And that's how I come up with the idea of 15-minute coffee, Father Fidel. And then every Father Fidel. And how do people access it? They all access it through our Facebook, through my personal Facebook page, and also through the church personal uh, uh, church or Facebook page. Okay, and so we you... connect every Wednesday at 2 p.m. It was just amazing. We will definitely link to that on when, when this podcast episode is published. So we will be directing people to your coffee show. Just give our listeners a sense of what do you talk about during Father's Coffee Show? Yeah, where do we start? I didn't have no idea because it was just the beginning. The middle of the pandemic, all I needed was to connect with parishioners because I was missing them. They were missing me. They didn't know what was happening a lot. So that was a way of connecting with them. So we talk about different topics. The first thing we talked about in the beginning was to instruct, to educate them about the pandemic. So I invited some nurses. They came and we have that open show. They ask all kinds of questions. They respond to those questions. It was something, the networks, we have two people taking questions, not and giving it to the nurse and them answering them so that people have a sense of what's going on. It was a lot of fear, a lot of misinformation. So we needed a profession to come and clarify. So we did that. We talked about, uh, we'll give them the state of our parish. What are we doing? What are you missing? Where we are? They will ask a question. We tell them I miss them and we assure them we're going to be fine. We're looking for it. Just hang in there. You know, pray. We're praying for you. The tissue went off again. Well, that's okay. Pray for us. We're going to pray for you. And also we invited lawyers, judge to come and talk about some of those basic things. Remember there was a 
police brutality at the point where those kind of things turn left and right. I get yeah. a lawyer to come, get also a counselor who came because of the parents' depression. Kids really don't go to school. So I explain to them how the parents should be dealing with their kids, what they are going through, to be more mindful, to interact with them. So we have a variety of topics. Mm-hmm. And that turned out to be a beautiful connection with the community. And it is, since then, when I say, hey, he's about to stop, they don't want to stop it. They say, hey, we get to continue. So until today, we kept that show. It's been so beautiful. So I want to encourage our listeners to check it out. We will link to Father Fidel's coffee show uh, to this podcast so you can see it and you can certainly direct your people to it. Uh, but it also is a good model for something you might consider doing yourself in your own parish as a way to continue communicating with your people and sharing resources with them and just supporting them as we get hopefully a continued return back to our churches. Father, we're at the end of our time together. Unfortunately, it's just flown just like it did with you and Jesus in the truck. Uh, (laughs) These times just fly by. But um, I just wanted to say thank you once again for being a guest on our show. We're with Father Fidel Decate from St. John Birchman's Parish uh, in the great Archdiocese of San Antonio. And Father, to close the show, would you mind giving our listeners your blessing? Thank you. Thank you, Deacon Matt, for having me. Thank you, all the listeners. So let us pause for a moment as we pray. Loving God, we thank you for this beautiful day. Here in San Antonio, it's been a blessing. We get the snow for the first time after many years. We can't thank you enough. This pandemic, Lord, has challenged us to think out of the box and most important, to deepen our faith. We are so grateful for the opportunity. We ask you, Lord, that you continue journeying with us. We know this is a long journey. As we prepare to start Lent already this Wednesday, empower us, give us the faith that we need, give us the strength so that we always will take chance and risk with you because we know you will never going to let us down. You're always going to be with us. I want to encourage all of you to know that God is with us, is working with us. As we go through this time that seems to be like forever, we will overcome this pandemic and we will come again together as the people of God. Carry your cross. Don't give it up. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. And thank you also to our listeners. This has been another episode of Chattachesis. It was great chatting with you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chattachesis. Head over to sadlyreligion.com forward slash podcast to hear more. And don't forget to request your sample and trial of Christ in Us and our bilingual edition, Cristo in Nosotros, at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU.